Chapter 6 When Oblonsky asked Levin what had brought him to town, Levin blushed and was furious with himself for blushing, because he couldn't answer, I have come to make your sister-in-law an offer, though that was precisely what he had come for. The families of the Levins and the Sherbatskys were old, noble Moscow families and had always been on intimate and friendly terms. This intimacy had grown still closer during Levin's student days. He had both prepared for the university with the young Prince Sherbatsky, the brother of Kitty and Dolly, and had entered at the same time with him. In those days, Levin used often be in the Sherbatsky's house, and he was in love with the Sherbatsky's household. Strange as it may appear, it was with the household, the family, that Konstantin Levin was in love, especially with the feminine half of the household. Levin did not remember his own mother, and his only sister was older than he was, so that it was in the Sherbatsky's house that he saw for the first time that inner life of an old, noble, cultivated and honorable family of which he had been deprived by the death of his father and mother. All the members of that family, especially the feminine half, were pictured by him as it were, wrapped about with a mysterious poetical veil, and he not only perceived no defects whatever in them, but under the poetical veil that shrouded them, he assumed the existence of the loftiest sentiments and every possible perfection. Why it was the three young ladies had one day to speak French and the next English, why it was that at certain hours they played by turns at the piano, the sounds of which were audible in their brother's room above, where the students used to work, why they were visited by those professors of French literature, of music, of drawing, of dancing, why at certain hours all the three young ladies, with Mademoiselle Linon, drove in the coach to the Tversky Boulevard, dressed in their satin cloaks, Dolly in a long one, Natalie in a half long, and Kitty in one so short that her shapely legs in tightly drawn red stockings were visible to all beholders. Why it was they had to walk about the Tversky Boulevard, escorted by a footman with a gold cockade in his head. All this and much more that was done in their mysterious world he did not understand. But he was sure that everything that was done was very good, and he was in love precisely with the mystery of the proceedings. In his student days, he had all but been in love with the eldest, Dolly, but she was soon married to Oblonsky.
Then he began being in love with the second. He felt, as it were, that he had to be in love with one of the sisters, only he could not quite make out which. But Natalie too had hardly made her appearance in the world when she married the diplomat Lvov. Kitty was still a child when Levin left the university. Jan Sherbatsky went into the Navy, was drowned in the Baltic, and Levin's relations with the Sherbatskys, in spite of his friendship with Oblonsky, became less intimate. But when early in the winter of this year Levin came to Moscow, after a year in the country, and saw the Sherbatskys, he realized which of the three sisters he was indeed destined to love. One would have thought that nothing could be simpler than for him, man of good family, rather rich than poor, and 32 years old, to make the young princess Sherbatskaya an offer of marriage. In all likelihood he would at once have been looked upon as a good match. But Levin was in love, and so it seemed to him that Kitty was so perfect in every respect that she was a creature far above everything earthly, and that he was a creature so low and so earthly that it could not even be conceived that other people and she herself could regard him as worthy of her. After spending two months in Moscow in a state of enchantment, seeing Kitty almost every day in society, into which he went so as to meet her, he abruptly decided that it could not be and went back to the country. Levin's conviction that it could not be was founded on the idea that in the eyes of her family he was a disadvantaged and worthless match for the charming Kitty, and that Kitty herself could not love him. In her family's eyes he had no ordinary defined career and position in society, while his contemporaries by this time, when he was 32, were already one a colonel and another a professor, another director of a bank and railways or president of a board like Oblonsky. But he, he knew very well how he must appear to others was a country gentleman, occupied in breeding cattle, shooting game and building barns. In other words, a fellow of no ability, who had not turned out well and who was doing just what, according to the ideas of the world, is done by people fit for nothing else. The mysterious enchanting Kitty herself could not love such an ugly person as he conceived himself to be, and above all such an ordinary, in no way striking person. Moreover, his attitude to Kitty in the past, the attitude of a grown-up person to a child, arising from his friendship with her brother, seemed to him yet another obstacle to love. An ugly, good-natured man, as he considered himself, might, he supposed, be liked as a friend. But to be loved with such a love as that with which he loved Kitty 
one would need to be a handsome and still more distinguished bewitched man. He had heard that the women often did care for ugly and ordinary men, but he did not believe it, for he judged by himself, and he could not himself have loved any but beautiful, mysterious and exceptional women. But after spending two months alone in the country, he was convinced that this was not one of those passions of which he had had experience in his early youth. That his feelings gave him not an instant rest, that he could not live without deciding the question, would she or would she not be his wife, and that his despair had arisen only from his own imaginings, that he had no sort of proof that he would be rejected. And he had now come to Moscow with the firm determination to make an offer and get married if he were accepted. Or he could not conceive what would become of him if he were rejected. <laughs>